You are on the Jet Set Breakfast with Bertha Charuma right up until 10 this morning. A very good morning. If you've just tuned in, you are on SAFM and uh, we are having interesting conversations and engaging with people that are making a difference. And this morning, thought leader uh, coming up next, Zazen Respite um, Care is a palliative care offering in uh, Gauteng. And we'll be chatting to Dr. Jody uh, Wishnia public health specialist. She's also the co-founder of uh, Zazen Respite Care and basically has been doing some really, really fantastic work. And uh, Dr. Uh, Jody Wishnia, a public health specialist with a passion to improve the health system and is set to open an inpatient care facility for those at the end of life. And this morning we talk why we need access to palliative care. It really, really can be a, a daunting task to look after somebody who needs care right up until the end of their life. And most of the times, I think we take it for granted that these pe people in such situations also need assistance. They need care. They need advice. They need support. And uh, Dr. Jody Wishnia is online to chat to us about that. And maybe she can unpack a thing or two where we can learn how to assist those that need our help. Good morning and a warm welcome to SAFM. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us this morning. So why why do we need access to palliative care, Doc? Yeah, <clears throat> so it's really normal for patients who are facing life-threatening illnesses to experience really complex physical and psychosocial and spiritual symptoms as well. And palliative care is an approach that improves the quality of life for these patients and their families and reduces their experience of suffering during this quite distressing time. And, um, you know, unlike many illnesses, we all die. You know, we all experience death at some, at some point in our lives. And so I think palliative care in many ways is very relatable for many of us. You know, we don't know which way we're going to go and when. But what we do know, I think, is that at some point we will need care as we are reaching the end of our sort of journey on this earth. And I think palliative care is a really uh, incredible specialization that helps people to cope and to manage and to experience um, a life-threatening illness in a way that isn't as distressing um, as, it, as it could be. Uh, which, I, which I think is really incredible about about the space. Mm. I, I've noticed, especially with uh, people that have had to take care of uh, cancer patients, mm. oh, that can be really, really difficult. Absolutely. It can be Absolutely. difficult. Yeah, and I think what is amazing about palliative care is that you know a lot of a lot of um, sort of medical professions, uh, you see people working by themselves. Palliative care is really a multidisciplinary approach. The team is not just a doctor, it's not just a nurse, it also includes a social worker, it includes a spiritual healer sometimes. So it's a much more holistic type of care than what we're used to seeing in some of the more curative spaces of the health system. Mm. So, so why, why do we need more inpatient care units? Mm. Yeah, so it's a, it's, a, it's a really, really great question. Um, we have incredible, incredible hospices and palliative care practitioners um, in South Africa. But unfortunately, with the sort of financial climate, a lot of the inpatient units have closed down over the last five years. They are expensive to run. And, you know, rightly so, a lot of people receive palliative care in their home if they can, which is much more comfortable and it suits them much better. But unfortunately for some people, the home is not always um, the best place. They cannot cope. They can't be looked after well enough. Maybe they don't have space uh, for a caregiver to stay with them. 
And so the home becomes actually a bit impossible. And then your, your options are quite limited because then you're in either your home or you get into one of the very few inpatient uh, units in, you know, in South Africa and Johannesburg in specific, or you land up in a hospital. And, you know, a hospital is geared for treating you. That's its primary purpose. It isn't geared to help you pass on, you know. So it's really, really hard in a hospital setting to sort of help the, the team there understand that, no, we don't want, you know, lots and lots of tests. We know this is sort of the end. What we want is the reduction of suffering, you know, making someone comfortable. Um, but because, you know, that's the business of a hospital, understandably so, oftentimes someone can be admitted to a hospital because there's no sort of hospice or palliative care inpatient bed. And then their final days are not how they envisioned. You know, there's lots of tests mm-hmm. and lots of interventions. Um, and it's really not, I think, not what people want or need. So if I can tell you a very, very second story, um, our chief medical officer, uh, Dr. Kirsten, uh, she had a patient recently who was in a old age home, and that old age home doesn't have end-of-life uh, facilities. And so when she experienced a change in her condition, she, you know, the ambulance came and took her to the hospital. They knew that she didn't want to be in the hospital. That's not what that wasn't her preference. Um, and so we tried to find her somewhere else to go. All the inpatient units were full. The closest one was 40 kilometers away. And unfortunately, she passed away in the hospital. And you know, her family was not with her. Um, and for us, uh, for Zazen, what we are really hoping is that actually we would the patient would have come to us rather than the hospital. And we would have been able to help with the physical symptoms, whatever she was going through that uh, you know, caused them to call the ambulance. We would have had our doors open so that the family could visit during unstructured hours. They could stay there if they wanted to. And that actually, whilst they were with us, they would be in a much more soothing sort of environment than the beeps and you know, bright lights of a, of a curative hospital. Mm. I mean, I, I would like you to take to take us through the journey of preparing mm. for the end of life, uh, yeah. you know, process, because most of the times, I mean, I, I don't know, in, 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 in different parts of Europe, you do find there are so many hospices that you do mm. find where you can take your patient and they can be looked after and you can visit them with your family members and you can, you know, uh, do all kinds of family activities without any restrictions. But yes. here in Africa, it's, it's, it's a very, very rare situation where mm. you are able to, to find that kind of uh, environment. But when we get back, I would like you to just unpack the journey of sure. preparing for the end of life. Thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. And we are talking to Dr. Jody Wushnia, public health specialist, co-founder of Zazen Respite Care. And they provide outreach services to insured patients at home and uninsured patients in, you know, out of the public hospitals in Gauteng. And basically she's sharing with us how then if you have someone who is terminally ill, how to take care of them and also sharing what they've been doing from, you know, from their perspective as to provide such services. Doc, just before we took a break, I I asked that um, you should take us through the journey of preparing for the end of life. How do you do that? Yeah, so, you know, it actually starts way earlier than I think a lot of people think. Um, The World Health Organization recommends actually that palliative care and a palliative care team is brought on at the time of diagnosis of an advanced illness. So it doesn't necessarily mean we know you're definitely, you know, we're definitely going to pass on what it means is you've been diagnosed with an advanced illness. 
And then your palliative care team is introduced to you as the patient. That's that multidisciplinary team that I spoke about, the doctor, the nurse, social worker, maybe a spiritual navigator. You know, the doctor and nurse will focus on some of your physical symptoms. We know that some of the <clears throat> some of the sort of symptoms from the medication can make a person very uncomfortable, very sick, and you want to make sure your patient is not in any pain. And the doctor and nurse also help you to develop an advanced health care plan. And this is really important. Unfortunately, in South Africa, it's not yet legally binding, but it does help your family know what your preferences are. So it will ask things about whether you want to be resuscitated and whether you want intervention and, you know, things like that that can help your family to know before the time comes. So it's really important important from a planning perspective. Mm. The social worker will help the family to really prepare for what is to come. And that can be everything from sort of emotional preparation to funeral plans, to estate planning, so that when the time comes, you aren't sort of running around unsure what to do or where to go. And the spiritual navigator, I mean, it could be someone from your sort of local religious community, a priest, an imam, a rabbi, but it could also be someone who, you know, maybe is, uh, practices some meditation or mindfulness or other types of spirituality that can help people to cope with some of the difficulties that mm. come with having an advanced illness. Yeah. And this, this team is in with the patient from that start of the diagnosis, preferably, all the way to the end, developing quite a strong relationship and trust. There's a lot of phoning and WhatsApping that goes on between the family and this, and this team. And, and the family starts to feel like they have a sort of accessible um, team to them during this, this period. And then what we often see is that can carry on for a while, you know, six months, 12 months, where a patient is being looked after um, by their family, maybe at home. Um, but sometimes we see a, quite a sudden change in the patient's sort of health status. And then the palliative care practitioners know, okay, we think the end is, is close, maybe in the next two weeks or so. And that's a much more intense period because the person now requires a lot of caregiving maybe 24-hour carers, maybe portable oxygen, a specialized bed, maybe they're not eating well anymore. And that's a really distressing time for the family, uh, as well as the patient, of course, who are looking after this person. Um, it's hard to, you know, hard to suddenly cope with that change. And I think that's really where, for that end-of-life care, you want to start thinking about where does this person want to be and where can they be realistically, at home or in, a, you know, or in an inpatient uh, hospice, hospice mm. unit. Yeah. Um, yeah, carry on. Uh, now, I was about to ask, because I, I, I know that I can see that Zazen will be a hub for palliative mm. care research. Exactly. So yes. ex exactly what work are you are you going yeah. to be offering as Zazen resp uh, respite care? Yeah, so we definitely will have our inpatient, our inpatient unit where patients can come and stay over. That could be in their last two weeks end of life care. But the respite in our name is also about respite and rest. And so we also want to offer, um, you know, during that advanced illness period, there can be times where either the family or the patient just needs, you know, some rest, some time to recover, to cope, maybe get pain under control. And we'll offer, also offer that um, during the period. You could come stay with us for five days a week or two weeks just to sort of um, recover or allow your family to sort of recuperate uh, during this sort of very intense time. And then our other vision is really to be a center of excellence for palliative care, and that means we'll be doing quite a bit of research. Both myself and Dr. Kisten have a strong research um, orientation, and so we are already starting to do some research in a public hospital at the moment with patients over there who are experiencing um, advanced illness and require palliative care. 
And we are actually attending the um, annual palliative care conference in Cape Town, uh, which is happening this coming week and is hosted by the Palliative Practitioners Association, the Hospice Association, um, and the Pediatric uh, Palliative Care Association, Patch South Africa. And so we're really, we're really hoping to lock in with other experts in the field and really start to build the evidence around what it looks like um, to have really good access to palliative care, outreach, and inpatient in South Africa. And just to round it off, you are fundraising mm. to build the yes. centre. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. What will it take? Yeah, so we, and we've been very, very fortunate. We found a place that we absolutely love. And while it's on for sale, the owners are so moved by what we're trying to do that they're willing to let us rent it for 12 months with the option to buy afterwards just to sort of lessen the initial outlay that we need. And so we need uh, 500,000 rand to cover our 12 months of rent and, and utility, and that will allow us to actually begin our work uh, towards the end of um, 2023 with inpatients. We are planning to be financially sustainable in the future. We have a financing model that I think is quite unique um, from what is asked. But of course, to get started, you know, there's a lot of capital outlay. So we're asking our communities and our networks to see if they're able to, to help us to open our doors earlier than what we could have ever really imagined and help us raise this, this first 500,000 rand. Mm. And uh, where do we reach you? Um, you can reach me on my email. It's uh, from a mouthful, J-O-D-I-W-I-S-H. NIA, so my first name and surname, at zazenrespite.org. We're also on Instagram and LinkedIn, so you can find us there as well. Great stuff. But just before I let you go, I've got a WhatsApp. Mm. Uh, some um, It's anonymous who's just highlighted they have a sister who's terminally ill and mm. asking at what cost to the patient. I'm mm. not so sure in terms of period. Maybe you can just give a hypothetical um, you know, quotation of sorts. Absolutely. So as I mentioned, our financing model is, is quite unique. So we're hoping to cross-subsidize the insured patients with the uninsured. So we don't want, for us, we don't want anyone to pay out of pocket. So if you, if you don't have medical aid, it would be free. If you do have medical aid, we would bill the medical aids for your care. And a lot of the medical aids have now really come on board, seeing how, how important palliative care is. And so they are actually funding palliative care, particularly for patients with advanced cancer but I'm sure the other illnesses will come. Each hospice and each palliative care centre may have a slightly different model, but for us, our intention is to have a service that is free for those who can't afford and is paid for by the medical scheme for those who are covered. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on SAFM. Yeah. It's been a pleasure chatting to you this morning. Thank you so much, Bertha. I really appreciate it. And bye-bye for now. That's uh, Dr. Jody Wishnia, public health specialist, co-founder of Zazen Respite Care, sharing some insight if you have a family member or someone you know who is terminally ill and they need to be taken care of. It really can become um, quite a challenge. And she's just giving us, she's just giving us some insight. Uh, just to repeat, if you'd like more info, you can go to, uh, you can uh, go to Jody Wishnia at zazenrespite.org. That's Jody Wishnia at zazenrespite.org uh, and you'll get some more information. Coming up next um, at 10 to 8, we now move to our SABC education feature, uh, Know Your World. Yesterday was Earth Day and celebrated under the theme Invest in Our Planet. How do the children believe we should invest in our planet? That's coming up shortly.